Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 717. I am uh, performing in Sacramento and San Jose this weekend, Katie Levine. near where I'm from. Where, are you from? Are you from San Jose? I'm from uh, like San Francisco area. Yeah, okay. so it's close-ish. It's close-ish. Go to funcomfortabletour.com. I did. There was one discrepancy. I thought the Saturday show in San Jose. I think there was some confusion. I, they were saying it was at eight. It's actually at seven. All right. What do you got on the corkboard? Uh, we have something from Jay Richardson what? and James Thornton. They just launched a Kickstarter for a comic book they wrote called Danger Wolf. And Safety Bunny. And it's a comic book about the perils of vigilante justice set in the economical dystopia of San Lazaro. And it looks really fun and cute and awesome. And you, if you go to Kickstarter and you just uh, search Danger Wolf, it'll come up. All right. Kickstarter Danger Wolf. Fantastic. Uh, this episode is Jen Kirkman, whom I've known for years. And uh, she, Jen's rad. She's just super cool. And she's great on At Midnight. And we sort of... She started, well, she started comedy, I believe, in the Boston area, but we both, we did open mics together and have both sort of come, come up, up in the same group, and, uh, and and I'm really happy for her success. She has a special right now on Netflix called I'm Gonna Die Alone, and I Feel Fine, <laughs> and uh, and Jen's great because she's really, she's really open and really honest, and, 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 uh, and she doesn't hold back. She doesn't hold back, but n- n- nor should she. No. And, uh, and and I like having her on. I think that she's been on the podcast before. She has to have been. I was this, trying to remember that. I feel like this. Is, we've done so many podcasts <laughs> that you know the, the hundreds and hundreds. It's like I'll see people all the time. I go, they should be on the podcast. And the next day I'll go, oh yeah, they were on the <laughs> podcast. I know. I have to look all the time to be like, has this person been on? What number is this for this person? We've been in the podcast game a long time, long Katie Levine. Yep. And hopefully for many more years to come. Here's the nurse episode number 717 with Jen Kirkman. Katie, start the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com.
No, no, let's talk about you. But don't worry about it. It's fine. I, I didn't put on any makeup or get dressed up. I didn't either. Oh. So we're Where even. Right there. I just spilled tea on my shirt. Oh, why'd you it's do a that? Nightmare. It's a nightmare. Why would you spill tea on your shirt? It's a stupid cunt. <laughs> Can you forgive me that I have a little laryngitis, but I'm not sick? It's just a thing that happens when I... I don't know if I can forgive that. No, I have the same problem because... Uh, I've been losing my voice this week. Yeah, just between stand-up on the weekends, at midnight's very shouty because it's loud in the studio. Yes. And I've been doing voiceover stuff and podcasts, so my voice is always like, uh, like it's always a little scratchy. I hate it. and people think that's my natural voice, which is a little bit, but it's just, you know, when you don't have any voice control, like I couldn't go like, oh my God, like I can't really do that. <laughs> It's that kind of sexy husky thing, though. Uh, that's sort of like, hey. But I sound like that anyway. But this is like the bad version where I don't have any like breath control or something. But whereas little Kim Carnes. Yeah, and I I had to. It see this is what this is why I don't go to like birthday parties or anything because I can't with the loud music. I my voice is too sensitive. Oh yeah. And I did. I went to one to be try to be fun, and I'm like, this is what happens. What are you working on? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and it it's a conversation you don't want to have. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know what else to. It, when you when you can't really have an in depth conversation because yeah. it's so loud, yeah, you have to have the most superficial. Basically, you're saying, "I know it's weird if we stand here without talking, so I'm just going to say some things, and then you'll respond, and it'll feel like we caught up." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's too loud to really go anything in depth. <laughs> Situations of when it's super loud, you're like. What do you think existence means? <laughs> What's Wait, your concept of a deity? We, you just started recording on me, you little shit. I would tell you, yeah, of course. But it, but nothing crazy is you haven't you didn't say anything crazy. No, no. You called yourself a, a, a you dropped the C bomb in reference to yourself. I'll keep that in. That's but, funny. Oh, yeah. Because then people don't know that that's hey that's what she's really like. <laughs> she really talks about herself that way. Oh, good. Okay, so I don't need headphones or anything. No, this is it. Are my levels okay? Can you... Your levels are great. Okay, good. I just don't want to sound like I'm... I was recently wondering if I'm partially hard of hearing because I think another problem with my voice is I used to go to voice therapy and stuff and like do the scales and breathing control. Sure. And so I don't have good breathing control. I have to go back to doing it. I just don't have fucking time. Yeah. And so... um, But it's because I I can't hear myself, so I talk loud. And like when when I'm on speakerphone, I'm like yelling. I'm like, anyway! And people are like, stop yelling. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I just... I can't, I don't think I can hear myself that well. You seem you sound fine right now. I do. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It doesn't. You don't seem. I just got a phlegm treatment at the acupuncturist. How do they? What do they do? Do they put needles in your neck and then you? Like in my feet and other places that sure don't seem like it's related, but does it like help? an overall phlegm treat? I actually this morning I was like, <laughs> and now I don't really have any, so probably. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, successful phlegm treatment. Yeah, we'll and see. now you got the tea, which you're yeah. trying not to and pour down the front at, of your body. I was looking at the phone earlier because I'm in a scheduling nightmare, and I didn't know we were on the air, but I would never have looked at my phone on air. So apologies. Well, that's okay. Technically, we're not on air. I mean, we're just recording this, so it's not <laughs> right. really a big. It's totally fine. <gasps> and there's no way, you know, there's no way to fuck it up. There's no, there's no way to mess it up at all. Have I'll, you? I'll are find you, a way. How are you doing? Are you fighting with the internet lately, or are you good? No, I only fight sexism. That's my only thing. Oh, good. So I, I want to be like the, what's his name? Um, the guy whose name I don't know. Oh, my God. What's his name? He had the, uh, the, the brief talk show, oh, black guy, he just died. comedian. Arsenio Hall. No, he had the talk show, uh, more short-lived than Arsenio, more specific, uh, W. Kamabel. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. be like him with sexism. With sexism, stuff. Like, yeah. like, So I don't fight back. Oh, one time I do fight back if um, 
I did have an interesting fight yesterday, actually. Okay. That wasn't sexist. Oh, so I okay. guess I do fight with the internet. But it was um, this interesting concept of this girl thought I was making fun of poor people. Mm-hmm. And then she said, um, you know, some people who work at Starbucks don't have any money. And I'm like, oh, you're confusing young with poor. Like, poor <laughs> is a systematic oppression, right? Or it's bad luck in life. But if you're at a certain age where you should have a certain amount of dollars, I think at that point you can say I'm poor. But if you're 19, 20 and you're in college and you're making minimum wage at Starbucks, I don't count that as poor. I think you're poor. You're not impoverished. I think I sure. think I think those How about are broke, broke, broke. Yeah, broke. But, but you know, the situation you're going into, broke. like you're you're in college. It costs money. There's also hope that you that you're working toward. Yeah, that, that you'll be able to afford, you know, a living wage. And, and it's not like unusual to be first year out of the house and not have money. Like it's right. not. And assuming this person can't. So what happened is I walked into Starbucks yesterday and the person goes, um, like, so what your name is. <laughs> is that like is that like a valley girl from yeah. Serbia? I don't understand. <laughs> and they weren't of any you know white as can be, yeah. blonde girl. Yeah. And I was like, she's just trying to. She knows that the sentence is, is "What is your name?" Well, maybe it just came out weird because how many times a day do they have to say that? You and you will go into autopilot. And sometimes I would imagine the words just mix up. What your name is. <laughs> She probably just didn't follow it up. Like, if it had been you or me, I'd be like, I mean... Yeah, you know. like, oh, sorry, we're we over-explain yeah. it. It's been a day, and the person's like, I just want a coffee. Did you say, Jen, I am? <laughs> no, I should have. God, see, that would be a clever way to be kind of a snarky adult. Like, <laughs> But I so I just tweeted at Starbucks and said, hey, one of your employees asked me what my name is, what, you know, what your name is. And someone wrote, you know, not that cool for a rich comedian to make fun of people from lesser backgrounds who like they were kind of implying like this person doesn't know grammar because they're poor i think what they were really implying is that they have sensitivities and they i mean so so much of you know because the the text-based social media is relatively uh it's kind of a rorschach test yeah and so people will oftentimes unless you just flat out said i am better than this person because i do this and they do this exactly they're projecting something a little bit of something of their of themselves and and something that they feel uneasy about yes. and i think that's what they're seeing cuz you you weren't doing that now i'm curious why you would tweet that at starbucks though like why why did you want them to know that <laughs> i wanted i'm ve- i'm really into customer service and like middle management like it's an obsession slash passion well, of mine i've heard anyone said i'm obsessed with middle management <laughs> i swear to god the way that you are like expert in uh the the nerd culture that you like like the specific kinds that you like you like, like middle management like more comic con fantasy based stuff that's how I am with um like yeah middle because ma- my whole like twenties and and teen years were working customer service and then working in office jobs and I'm fascinated obsessed by customer service and I was always like the number one whether it was cashier or I worked at Boston Ballet giving refunds to angry old people who didn't like their seats. I was so good at customer service because – so I wrote that to them because I'm obsessed with them knowing. Like I doubt you want your servers to talk like Valley girls who don't say a complete sentence. So I thought uh, it was funny. I Maybe know. they don't care. They don't – well, but it's – but, you know, they're young. It was also and- kind of a joke too to put like the joke in, a, in, a, in that tweet is as if Starbucks is reading my tweets. Like, <laughs> like I'm trying to get an employee in trouble with – 
the CEO over Twitter. But you know that your your tweets are influential because you do have a lot of followers and people do listen to what you say. Then if that's the benefit and everyone has to have a sit down and they go, please speak in the correct order, that's great. <laughs> like today, I just, I'm trying to rebook this hotel reservation. A young woman on the phone, okay, Mrs. Kirkman. Oh, I didn't say I was married. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just say, may I call you Jennifer or Ms.? You know, people always do that with me and and Lydia when we're on the road, if we're uh-huh. at a hotel, they'll go, oh, so will will you will you and Mrs. Hardwick be dining? And I'm like, oh, we didn't. I mean, I don't mind. Right. But it's just sort of funny. It's like, like, also a- like, and then, so you assume she changed your name and then you assume this. And then, right, it's right, a right. lot of. It is that it, that is a lot of assumptions. It's really weird. So I that kind of stuff drives me crazy with with customer service. So my other thing I'm obsessed with is um, everyone talks like uh, how's that for you? Everyone says for you now, F O R Y A. Yeah. Like, let me get that for you. Just mm-hmm. a couple of minutes for you. Well, that feels very southern. to Yeah, me, and I'm like everyone's talking like that now. It's really strange. There's just something going on. There's that whole thing of like when I'm when I call somewhere, and they're like. Uh, let me get the reservation and, um, okay, that'll be up in just a minute. My computer's being weird. I'm like, okay, but I'll be like, hey, I just have a second. Um, I need to check this thing. And they're like, okay, hang on. Let me look that up. How's your day going so far? I'm like, who fucking cares? <laughs> okay. We do not need to talk. difficult to keep happy. because th- I'm happy if you just do the thing and shut up. <laughs> Don't small talk me. Do not. Who cares my day? I want to know, what if I answer you? When is the reservation coming up? I have to go. That's what I mean. Are you so much nicer than me? You, you don't get annoyed with, how's your day going so far? You know what I get annoyed by? I, I, I get annoyed by, I get annoyed by bureaucracy, which yeah. I know isn't really the fault of customer service. Like, okay. That's why I'm obsessed with middle management, because someone's telling that guy that he has to tell them this. So this, so this happened to me recently with a, uh, a cell service carrier who will remain nameless, but I bought uh, I bought a hotspot, basically, just like a little a little my oh, yeah, they've been selling they've been trying to sell me that forever and i i almost got one i you know i travel so much it's worth it to, yeah like cause some you know and so i um uh i i the the hot spot was we were in it we were staying somewhere mm-hmm. my computer was tethered to the hot spot but there wasn't any obvious uh information coming or going right and all of a sudden i started getting these alerts uh, you are seventy percent of your data. Like within like ten minutes of each other, you're seventy yeah. percent of your data. You're forty percent. You're ten percent. Whatever. You're one gig over, two gigs over, and I started getting all these texts, and oh all of a sudden God. I was like six gigs over, but I wasn't using anything. Yeah. So something was trying to be pulled down, and I couldn't locate it. And Dropbox was paused, so I couldn't figure out what it was. So I immediately called, thinking, mm-hmm. "Well, this is a problem," and I get this customer service dude who sounds like Seth Rogen. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Like very That's casual. That's when you want to just hang up and read down and hope for like, I don't <laughs> well, know what. He wasn't. I explained to him, I go, look, I'm not using, I didn't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Now, I'm sure they get this all the time, but I really, there wasn't anything that was obvious. Right. And he was like, well, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> it says here that you use it. I mean, I can't see because of privacy, but our system, and I go, listen, I completely appreciate that you're saying that. that yeah. You're saying, I go, but. But I'm, but I'm really not, and and I certainly couldn't have used that much data in such a short amount of time. So don't you feel like if you sort of look at everything, doesn't this seem? There's a moment where okay, your screen, and then your little textbook, and then you can step back as a person and just do some common sense thinking. And I was, and he was really nice, so I was nice back. And uh, and it was like 45 minutes. I was on the phone with him trying to find Uh. something, and and then it just sort of netted out with him going, uh, "Yeah, man, I don't know. It says you used it." And I go, well, I didn't, and I'm going to obviously have to go in and deal with this, you know. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, so I just got to ask you some survey questions. Oh my God! Do don't you feel? W- would you? Would you recommend this service to other people? And I go, Hey, man, you're really polite, but honestly, no, <laughs> because your thing malfunctions or something's going on, right. and you actually didn't really help me at all. You were very nice. Yeah. I don't. And I was like, I was trying to like. I was trying to, you know, pamper his feelings. Be like, you were nice, yeah, but, but really, actually, not that helpful. God, oh, and he was really bummed. But I, but that was an honest assessment, and so hung up. Called back again the next day because I the, then the device fried itself. Right, couldn't so the device <laughs> clearly something was going on. The device completely fried itself. And then I start. I got a text the next day. You're a, you're another gig over, and I'm like, the fucking device doesn't even work. Yeah. So got another person on the phone. Thirty minutes. Okay, well, you know, it says here you use. It. I go. The device literally will not turn on. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not. There's something screwy. I've never used it. Yeah. And uh, and he just said, well, you know, we can run diagnostic information, but and then he did something that. Uh, whenever kind someone of, says that, I'm like, what is that even? And mean? I said to him, like, will you please just be honest? I go, you know how you know where you're going to land on this. Yeah. Just be honest with me. And then he goes, yes, sir, I understand. And like as if it was an acting class. Yes, sir. I understand what you're saying. I have been through this before, and I understand how frustrating it is. I go, okay, look, I I know you. Like, I'm trying to oh talk God. to him like a human being. I go, yeah. look, man, I I don't think you've been to this before. Yeah, I, I, this Stop is a very specific situation. So you've really purchased a MiFi unit that started gobbling data, and then it fried, and then and then your system showed. Like, don't please don't talk to me like that. I'm not. I'm yeah. trying to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're not dumb. I'm not dumb. Yeah. So, uh, but again, they didn't they didn't help, and so it's still. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was like an extra $100 or something that I ended up having to pay because I couldn't prove to them. Yeah. So I, so my assistant took the thing back and, you know, it was just a whole process. It was like I tried to add her to the account and we had to call them three different times to say, like, she's okay. She's authorized. Yeah, they yeah. thought we were trying to add a phone line and then she turned the thing in and then I got an email like, if you don't return the device, we're going to charge you $600. Like, she took the Oh it my god. A, this so is yeah. Those are the types of That makes me insane. Those are the types of, you know, I don't know what it is about massive companies that have different areas of customer service, but it just seems like if you put in the notes somewhere, how does that not show up on their system and why do we why do I constantly feel like when I call customer service someone yeah. says, "Well, I don't know why they told you that." Well, who the fuck is Every time and they all say this calls being recorded for quality assurance. Is anyone listening to these calls? Because the quality has never been assured. It is going crazy. And I feel like it sounds like a scene from Idiocracy with Justin Long, the doctor, like, your shit's fucked up. Dude. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. It's like, and, and I had, you know what's funny is I had something the other day, and this is my, I, perhaps, uh, my own sexism. I called my Microsoft Outlook, which I use for my email, mm-hmm. just stopped opening one day. It was like, it, it just was dead. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was trying to go some on a day trip. And it was one of those things where it was like, I know if I take it to the Mac store, they're going to go, this isn't our product. But don't make me call Microsoft because I'm calling India and God bless, but they have to read the script and my head's going to explode if I hear. <laughs> so I called Apple and I tried that first. And um, they were like, oh, I use that too. So I totally understand why you would want. I'm like, enough of the monologue. Just, I know you're there to help. I know your good. screen says connect with the customer on an emotional level, but we really just need to fix the problem. Yeah. So, then, uh, so they, then they go, yeah, you have to call Microsoft. So I call and this one's like, hello, welcome to Microsoft. I haven't asked you. She sounded like a 60-year-old Southern woman that yeah. was just like working from her living room. And I was like, and I, the minute I started even talking, she's like, so let me, I'm glad to help you, Jan. Uh, so you check your email using a Gmail account. And I was like, nope. 
not, <laughs> not at all what is it. And so I was like, okay, but I was being very patient. And she finally was like, I have to send you to customer service. So now the guy from India gets on the phone. He's reading his thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to picture his day. And he's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in California. He goes, that sounds nice. And then he was like, I'm being stupid. Not like every part of California is the same. Are you in a nice part that's warm? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, that must be nice. Or is it too warm? And then he was like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Hollywood. And then I was like, (laughs) I love this guy. And so now I'm like talking to him about Hollywood. And and this has happened before, like a, a long time ago. I remember someone said, from a, a, but it was in India, but they, they always wanted to go to see Hollywood Boulevard. It was, you know, that store zappos.com. Yeah. I was calling someone from there and it was like, Oh, my thing's late. And at the time I lived in Hollywood and they were like, you live in Hollywood. And they're like, I've always wanted to go there. And, and Hollywood Boulevard, is it just amazing? And I was like, well... Kind of a dump. And I told them what it was like, and they were devastated. Oh, no. And at the end of the call, she goes, I kind of wish you just let me have my fantasy. <laughs> that was a thing to say. Yeah. So I, well, anyway, the, the thing got fixed with the guy, so it worked out great. But I do think there's like a play that could be written where like two people are on a stage. They're not talking to each other. They can't see each other, but the audience can see both of them. And it would just be so funny to see you like looking like someone who's trapped in an elevator, like losing your mind physically on the phone, and then someone just laying there, like, jerking off. Well, that wouldn't be a yeah, good. No, That's I, not going to the Broadway one that anytime drives, soon. The one that drives me crazy that makes me scream into my phone, and actually Kyle Dunnigan has a really funny bit about it, but it's the... It's yours now. It's the automated robot voice that tries to sound human by oh, going, yeah. hmm, I didn't get that. And you're like, <laughs> did you fucking try to imitate a human being with me? I know what you are. You know, like that fucking drives yeah. me so crazy. He has and a it, whole bit about it that's oh, really that's funny. Oh, that's so funny. Hmm, I didn't get that. And it's like, I you didn't get again. the easiest thing. Yeah. I said one. And I know they're trying to I know they're trying to make the experience more connective to more more human, but it really or it's I don't know why, but most of the time when I'm calling the thing that I'm calling about is not covered by the basic four menu options. Never. You're just like, representative, representative. That's that's all I do. I'm hitting zero all the time. If you've ever shared an office with me five times out of ten, like, that I'm on the phone, I'm just going, operator, operator, <laughs> operator. No, it's too complicated to explain. Sometimes I just get annoyed and I just talk. To, I go, it's too much to explain. Because I think someone must be listening. Someone's got it. It's got to be recorded somewhere. Yeah. I, they must be laughing at all the people that are just like. I just, I just wish they would have a response that was where you're like. Well, I never like some sort of funny <laughs> automated like like Siri, which works. or like a slap sound like fresh like from a forties movie. <laughs> Siri works like forty percent of the time. Yeah, for me. and Siri follows me on Twitter. The it, woman whose voice it is. Oh. Are you jealous? I feel like that'd be something you'd be jealous of. Actually, I'm pretty jealous of that. She unfollowed and then followed again. Oh, she good. has a contentious relationship in her head with me. <laughs> I've said so many horrible things to Siri over the years that I'm sure oh, that yeah. got back to her. But I. But I, I've been, I have this bit where it's that I think customer service should be called fucking representative because <laughs> it always gets to. I don't know. I don't have it. I don't have it. Representative. Representative. Fucking representative. <laughs> like it's always like the eighth time I scr- I'm screaming at the automated voice. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I don't have it. If I had my account number, I would have just fucking done this. <laughs> It's supposed to be more efficient. I guess it's supposed to be all more efficient the Listen, way it all works out. Listen, technology is just, is it making our lives easier? I don't. It's making it more <laughs> frustrating. But do you, but I don't know. It, it sounds like in some cases, do you think you're being officious in, in some cases where you're like, this person didn't work. They called me or this or like, do you ever feel, well, maybe this isn't that big of a deal? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not like, oh, my God. Like I call, I have two kinds of modes. I call it, um, I call it a. 
oh, I don't know how to explain it, but I'll go, oh, this isn't connected to my heart anger. This is head anger. Right. <clears throat> so like right. if I'm driving with someone that doesn't normally drive with me and I beep, I'm like, hey, go fuck yourself. I don't yell it to the car, yell it inside to myself. Sure. But I don't know if someone that doesn't know me that well might be like, and I go, oh, this is just like snarky head anger. It's not, I'm not connected to it. Right. And they go, oh, okay. So I'm like, so me when I'm like, it's not Mrs. Like, I just say that when they're not listening. Like I just, <laughs> I just, I was thinking, she's like, thank you, Mrs. Kirkman. We'll check that. May I put you in a brief hold? And there's a the whole music playing. I'm like, it's not Mrs. And I just sing like a little song. But I think if the real way to handle that, be like, you can call me Jen. They would just say that. Yeah. But part of me wants to go, where did you get that thing to say Mrs.? Well, maybe that's maybe they probably make them. Or or maybe they've done some sort of research that the majority of people who I mean, yeah. I feel like Can you imagine if you're like <clears throat> please call me Mrs. Right. Smith. I don't know. How I, dare you address I, I me think, as Gloria? I I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt and feel like they must have done some research that said yeah. the majority of the time this is the case so just take the shot. Yeah. And just apologize if you're wrong. I, yeah. I don't know because I, I, I'm sure, especially having grown up in the South, yeah. there's very much a, you know, ma'am and yeah. missus and, and you know, you use salutations and you, you yeah. know, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I know. like sir and ma'am a lot. Um, I call I, people ma'am. I'm uncomfortable when people call me that, but I am. Ma'am, I can see one. <laughs> but I do say sir and, and, and ma'am. I like sir. I think too. Um, it's just one of those things where I'm like, yes, yeah, someone's making them say this, but I always pictured some out of touch person that doesn't like talk to a human in years, and they're like, "Come, misses, who? Get-? But now that the queers can get married, everyone can be misses. So just say it." Who's that character? Oh, that's um, that's Johnny. He just his family came into money. Okay. He opened a bunch of hotels. He's good. not really good with the people. No, but he's but, trying. But he's good. He just sits up there, and they're like. We have a complaint. She didn't like her room. Fuck it. She's better than her shit house. No, she's not going to refund. Well, let her go someplace else. She doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah he's shit. always smoking his cigar. Yeah, he's just over it. <laughs> but he's yeah, just, I always think it. there's some like out of touch guy because I feel like there's more conversation than ever. Um, and so someone who doesn't realize that someone who's working and maybe only has 10 minutes on their lunch break is just trying to make a quick call before their boss yells at them. So in in a weird way, I know customer service is trying to be nicer, but I just want it to be more efficient. Sure. So if they have to do a monologue up front, well, I certainly understand. And you're like, my battery's dying. Like, just right. do it, do it. That I have five minutes in different. between work. Well, but you know, I, I think I completely understand your point of view as someone who worked in customer service for a long time. Yeah. And that that – because I um, – I, I parked cars for years uh-huh. before I started working and, and when I was in college and, and, and I, I parked cars. And so whenever I whenever I valet, that means a couple of things. It means, one, I'm going to overtip because I was a valet. Right. It also means inside I'm a little more critical sometimes of like, oh, I wouldn't have di- – because you've been there. Yeah, you're like, oh, I wouldn't have said that. And you know what the – you kind of know what the quality bar is for what's a good job and what's not a good job. So yeah. you, do, you do get – it does – sometimes that stuff does get under your skin if you, if you had that job. What made you a good customer service person? One small thing is don't put the change over the bills. And hand it to someone. I, I, I was speaking philosophically, but that's a good. That. That's a good. <laughs> no, that's a good tip. No, you know what made me good? I think I was very empathetic to people, and as hard as it is to believe, I was a good listener, and I was like, <laughs> I wanted to help so badly that I was like, I think it came from to get deep. It's like the things that people think make you a good comedian. I don't know what, but I know what made me good customer service is having like a chaotic home growing up, and like a mother who may or may not have suddenly be in a bad mood where. No one knows how to handle it. Like, sure. get to the problem and don't bullshit around. Like, I feel like I have this like 
um, sensor of like, let that person just balance their checkbook. They're, they, you know, that was a big thing when I was a cashier. Like, people were always, there was no ATM card, so people paying with checks. Like, there would be, it would be absurd in the 80s to talk to someone while they were balancing their checkbook because they're doing something. So you just talk during the, tra- like, you just say, hi, have a, you know, hi, Mrs. Jones, paper or plastic today. Okay, great. And you, you just do a nice job and get them in and out of there. But if I were to be like, how's your big plans this weekend? And they're adding up something like, just don't disrupt them. So you're saying that read the, the room, so read, read the, the room, room and try to be aware of the situation yeah. and know when to go into your script and when to not. Yeah. And I think script. that's what ended up making me a good comedian. Just read the fucking room, read the room, yeah. listen to the audience. I think it's one of those things. Cause you know how sometimes like you'll be on your phone and even though everyone's on their phone, when you know when you're on it for real, like this email has to be sent, like I'm on a deadline, you know, but it always looks like you're playing a game or just being silly. You know, I think like I've had people say to me, like when, if I get a car at the airport and I get in it and I'm like, Hey, you know, always nice eye contact, not like treating anyone like shit, but just like, Hey, I'm going to the blah, blah hotel. Thanks. And then they're like, they look up and they see me doing them like, how was the flight? And I'm like, Oh, it's good. Thanks. And I'm like, shit, I gotta get this email up. And then they keep going and they're like, and so what brings you to town? I'm like, oh, I, I, and I go, I'm so sorry. Can you hang on? So they go, oh, everyone's on their phone these days. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I am business traveling. And I'm like trying not to freak out. Like I'm not playing a video game. And like I wish everyone could see my hands right now. <laughs> I'm, not play- I'm not playing a video game. This is real. Yeah. This is a life game. Yeah. So it's game. one of those things where I go read the room. Like if someone was coming through my line now as a cashier, um, which I'm not, but if I were and someone was on their phone, I would assume that is important. They're texting the babysitter. Where's my kid or whatever. Right. And I don't want to interrupt with what I think is going to make them have a pleasant experience, which is my stupid, sometimes uh, intrusive question. Big plans for the weekend. I remember one time, like (laughs) I remember one time I got dumped and I was devastated and I worked Monday through Friday and the weekends for me were this lonely landscape of just hell. I wanted to be distracted constantly. And I was like, I couldn't wait to get to my temp job, like mindless work Monday through Friday. It was like 20 something. And I remember like someone said to me, have a good weekend. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm so sensitive to the weird things we just say to each other that are supposed to be, you know, like, sure, go get them. I just wish everyone was honest and you could just say a couple times I've done this and it's usually in other countries, like how you doing today? And I'm like, not good. And they're like, me too. And then they'll go into their thing. So I've turned it on them. I start sure. interviewing them now. <clears throat> oh, you do? Is, yeah, which is kind of more fun. Oh, that's good. Then them being like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I got to work. You work on the weekend? Well, it's a fun job. I like my job. Oh, where's your office? Oh, well, I'm traveling. What do you do? I'm like, I'm a comedian. I've never heard of you. Jerry Seinfeld's famous. I'm like, okay, it's that conversation. <laughs> so then I'm like, if I can, if I know that's coming, I'll just go, you don't, do you, what are you doing this weekend? And then sometimes they're like, oh, I'm stuck here. And I'm like, then good. Then we'll talk and, you know, something fun will come up. Yeah. I, I, I do get I do get like mildly shy about stuff. Like if you're in a taxi and the taxi driver is, what do you do? And you're uh, like, um, well, you know, I work in te- television. And- <laughs> well, well, what do you do? Well, I, you know, I produce stuff and I, I host stuff. I feel like you that's... host stuff. What do you host? Oh, oh, I've never heard of it. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, and At least like, you can uh, say, though. Well, no, it's always grass. It's always green. It's, it's, it's on Comedy Central. It's. But I feel but weird. Then, I feel weird talking about it in life because I feel weird going like, "Well, I'm on Comedy Central, and mm-hmm. I'm on, but I'm also on AMC, and then I'm also a comedian." Like, yeah. I feel weird going through all the steps, especially because if they don't know it, 
you know, listing. I just feel like I'm listing my resume. Right. And then they're like, huh, you know. But they've put you in that position with their intrusive questions. But it's not. But they're just trying to be friendly. You know, like people are I just trying need, to be let's friendly. Let's all try to be friendly. Let's do it right. That's my thing. <laughs> let's do it I'm right. Like, I'm like. Uh, Human customer service. Yeah. I really want Human to change service. the scope of it. Like. Talk to people if you want, but talk generic. Like, seen any good movies lately? Why is that a bad thing? Let's talk about that. Because what if you go, no? Well, then that's on you to be like, you know what? Then I would go into my thing. You know, I don't really like going to movies, but I love watching things that came out 20 years ago on Netflix. What, how are you on a first date? What, is, what does that mean? I mean, how are you with small talk on a first date? I don't think I've ever had small talk. Does it immediately... I've never gone on like a date, like a blind date with a person. Oh, okay. So I've never really had to do that. Right. I did once. My friend set me up... Because uh, I'm trying to think. I'm in a relationship now and I'm like, how did that start? But that wasn't a date. That was just like... I don't even know how it started. Do you know what I mean? When you yeah. look back and you're like, it just always was since we met. Like, I don't know how to <laughs> explain it. It was yeah. seriously like I bumped into someone like, oh, there you are. Like, I don't mean that in a destined forever way, but I just mean like... Now we're together. Like it just see. I don't know how sure. to explain it, but I did. My friend did set me up once um, this past January with someone, and I knew, I knew right away. No, but I was like, oh, I'll have a drink with someone. So I like just interviewing people. Like, like I just uh, this one guy went out with. It turns out his dad was Indian, and his mom was Irish Catholic, and I was just like, tell me that whole story. Like literally from India, from Dublin. So I'm like, tell me how these two met. And how did that affect you? And then what did they want you to do as opposed to what you are doing? And then, oh, what do you what do you do on weekends? And I know that's an annoying question. What are your friends like? Like, I can go on forever. I just, you know, and then if they say something that sparks, I'll jump in. But that's the kind of questions I ask because that, that doesn't seem that fun. Does that it? makes sense, though. I mean, no. it, it, having a curiosity about people <laughs> yeah, is, really is, go- is good. Yeah. And, I think, and I think most people aren't, particularly in, in this business or this town you, you think know. people are less curious here well i, think I just right. i just think it's a little that, narcissistic maybe i think so. i i think there's i think it attracts narcissistic personality types mm-hmm. but i think our business conditions people to be narcissistic because you have to well and you know when i say narcissism i feel like the word narcissism is misused i mean like yeah. true clinical narcissism isn't I, I think we're when we say narcissism we really mean a little self-centered yeah not yeah. like true actual clinical narcissism not, not the thing where you don't have empathy where you don't have empathy yeah, yeah. and you can't ever take responsibility for any of your actions you know and i've known a lot of those people but i mean yeah i mean like because the business sort of forces you to constantly put yourself out there and you kind of let everyone know what you're doing so you can work more i think it i think it kind of conditions people to be a little bit that way yeah i am doing this you know yeah 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 like that party we were talking about exactly yeah exactly so it's a little that that part's a little unfortunate but you know in general i think it's nice to interview people about you know what they're doing and what their day i think a fun question to ask someone like in a first date situation is like who were you in high school like tell that everyone wants to talk about or can talk about that like and it's a good way to place people or or just me i feel like there's endless things to talk to anybody about that's why i always get tripped up when anybody goes for the what are you in town for what do you do for work like I think that's we. I think it's actually a little personal of a question. <laughs> it is a little personal. It, I like, guess. what if you were like an abortion doctor and you didn't want to announce what you do? I guess you would have to. Not that they would be ashamed, but I'm saying like they can sure. be targets for things. I just yeah. feel like it's. Uh, now I don't know why I would think. I'm an emancipator. <laughs> 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 what does that mean? Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm an emancipator. <laughs> Dude, you. I, 
<laughs> I don't know. I, so, yeah, I think it's a weird question because also a lot of people, what they do isn't who they are. Like, we're lucky because it's kind of who we are. But what if you're just like, well, I'm a, I, I don't know, I'm a secretary, but I don't want to be. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really it's really interesting too because we talk so much about our lives on stage. Yeah, that I, I feel like we get a lot of that out on stage. So in life, we're not, maybe you know we're not. Yeah, my as, time off. I'm like we're oh. not as compelled to talk a lot about our, ourselves because it's kind of part of what we do. Yeah, yeah. And so it almost feels like work when people are like, "What do you do?" Well, you know, like yeah, it's almost like you ramp up like here yeah. we go, yeah, and then the, yeah. is that scary? No, no, it's just. No, it's, <laughs> it's just something to do. This lady the other day was getting a wax. No big deal. And um, she goes, uh, "Were you getting like a puss wax? A puss wax? Like, yeah. and you are just having a conversation during that? I think you have to. You, so, it's, so it's not. I mean, I've had, I've had like, you know, I've had to go to the urologist, and he's got. I mean, my urologist is like sixty-five years old, and right. his hands are down on my balls, and are, he's poking around, and like." How's work? And it just, I always just feel so. It's weird. Well, it's weird that he, I feel like he should be focusing on explaining, like, and the reason I'm poking here is to look for this. Oh, well, I, this is way more information than you asked for, but I had, no, a little, I, want to know. I had a little skin tag down there. Nothing gross or weird, just a skin tag. Right. Just right underneath the area. Did you feel it or you saw it? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I knew it was there. Like, oh, okay. I, I felt it. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, and he said, it's not dangerous. It's a skin tag. Men get them, especially as they start to get older. They'll get them. It's just skin. And, you oh, know, it, it was like, but, you know, we could, <laughs> but you can, but <laughs> what if you just started growing bits of your vulva, like, as you start to get over? Oh, there's a new little bit. Oh, so gross. But it, uh, but, you know, he was like, but we can remove it. And so I was like, okay. And so I'm literally, <laughs> my, my, my legs are up and he's down there. And I almost kicked him in the head when he injected, you know, like the <gasps> the, the, the Novocaine. And then there was Ooh, a gee, there was gee. a nurse there was a nurse in there, a young a, a nurse probably 28, 29 years old. And I really just had to mentally be okay with the fact that I'm pinning my penis down to my stomach <laughs> while the doctor's down there and then she's just like <laughs> and then she said, "So what do you do for work?" And I'm like, "Not now." Oh, and please. you're like, "Bitch, you're supposed to be in my demo." <laughs> I wasn't offended that she didn't know who I was. I'm offended for you. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to go into. Have you ever seen Walking Dead? Like yeah. I didn't really now feel watch like that it, was. But the, think of my taint yeah, area. Yeah, remember this. Just get a <laughs> just get a good snapshot of this that in must your hurt mental so Instagram. Much, that Novocaine. It didn't feel good, but then once that was in there, you just like just sliced it right oh. off and a couple stitches, and that was it. Yeah. Oh, it's so awful. And it really wasn't even that. I mean, it was like not a bit. It was you'd never know it was there, right? But I just sort of felt like, well, you know, if he's if it if doesn't he, need to be there, yeah. Let's get if rid it doesn't of mean it. it, just have him take it off. I and mean, it's not, not even cosmetic because no one's ever like no one's getting. On you know, it's. I mean, it's like it's almost like it's almost like imagining what's on the other side of a bookcase. Like you're just not gonna. <laughs> there's just no reason you're ever gonna be back there. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I guess I just. I guess I just. That's hilarious. Spiritually, I guess I just felt like. Well, you know, get rid of it then. I don't know. Unless it led to another room. It doesn't lead to another room. It doesn't lead to a room or a – well, it does lead to a bad cave, but that's a completely – Yeah, it does kind of. It is like a bookcase, but one with a secret room. Yeah, with a secret – A secret, yeah. Which you said eloquently is bad cave. But I could said but. I, uh, but yeah, you got to talk during the bikini wax because – well, then it's like two (laughs) gals chatting, you know, whatever. But But aren't you like – so then I went, yeah. It doesn't hurt anymore. Really? I mean, it's been 20 years once a month. You know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's nothing. It's like I don't even notice it anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they have a numbing spray you can put on. 
But honestly, and this is weird, I've been doing it so long it barely even grows back. Like it's just my body is just like, who cares? Right. You've killed my spirit down here. <laughs> <laughs> just just keep going. But um, yeah, she was like, what, what are you doing this weekend? Blah, blah. Then I try to give every big answer I can. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to do stand-up. And she's like, so do you travel a lot for stand-up? I go, yeah, most this past year has been a lot. She goes, do you think if you ever get really successful, then you can stay in LA and you don't have to travel for gigs? And I'm like, sort of the opposite. Is mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Works. But I could see where she would think, oh, like to have shows in LA all the time in one place would be a successful stand-up career. Because yeah, people don't LA's, really know. They don't really know that LA yeah. is a bad place for stand-up. I think when they hear you're going to Indiana, they're probably like, oh, that's too bad. And I'm like, oh, well. That's how you gotta have to make a living. Yeah, I mean the alter the, the sort of the alternative little let's do 10, 15 minute sets all over town in yeah. the in a coffee shop or you know a meltdown or yeah. UCB or whatever they're fun. I don't think they anyone knows what that not is. Not really a representative of what comedy is like when you're yeah. ev- anywhere else, and also really hard. I find like when I'm in the road for a while, I come back and I'll I'll struggle with like a twelve minute set in LA or fifteen minute set because it's just my rhythm is different. Oh, yeah. My rhythm's off. The my. My, you know, the wavelengths are off. What, what you get when you perform a lot it's here? It's so much harder. Yeah, and and I feel like it's not as having April's been opening. April Richardson, uh-huh. who I adore, has been opening me for, on the road, opening for me, and she's like, "Yeah, I was about to quit comedy because L.A. comedy is such. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been kind of such a bummer." And then I got out to see what other, what else was out there. Yeah, and then she realized like, "Oh, L.A. comedy is a very specific thing." And you find that people laugh more. In the country, of course, because yeah. they're not sitting watching the show because they're also performers going, ah, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. they're not. And my, um, someone said to me once, like, I saw your Netflix special, it's great, but I can't believe you go to, like, you know, the Midwest. I mean, it must be too racy for them. I'm like, why does no one give anyone any credit <laughs> for being able to hear a grown woman talk about sex? It's not that crazy, right? And everyone everywhere loves everything, it's just human beings coming out, it's not any different. And I think it's I would prefer a Midwest audience to an LA one, maybe an audience that doesn't see stand up every night of the week. Right. So they actually still have that natural ability to laugh out loud. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's all I want. I, I'm curious to hear about um, where you think comedy is at in terms of, you said you're fighting sex. You like, like mm-hmm. you know, a, a mission statement of yours is to fight sexism. Right. In any of its forums, whenever, whenever yeah. you see it. So are things better now? Are they not better now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I never found them bad. So what I'm hearing is that it's not great. Like, I'll give an example of um, I when I first started out, I was sort of hyper aware of sexism in a weird way. Like, I remember this guy from the Aspen Comedy Festival coming to Boston to scout. And I always used to just kind of dress really crappy on stage, like sweatpants. If <laughs> just, I didn't care. And he was like, don't wear sweatpants. Like if you got into the festival, there'd be people from TV there and you want to look nice. And I, that's sexist. And I look back, oh, that's just good advice. I feel like that's an advice. You yeah. would, that's advice you would give uh, a male comic too. Like, yeah. Hey, don't wear, don't wear sweatpants on stage unless it's maybe a part of your. Yeah. Or thing. your persona. Now he didn't say it to the guy's but they weren't wearing sweatpants. Right. So I don't have a control group right. for this experiment. <laughs> I will say this. Looking back on it, I would say the things that have happened to me, it's it's that subtle stuff that you can't explain that I think when people talk about it, I mean, obviously no one's ever gone, 
boo, you're a woman. But it's weird things like where if I have a Louis or Marin-esque bit about being single, I get aw instead of laughter. Sure. Or people come up after it. I'd fuck you. Like, no, no, I wasn't. Not cries for <laughs> oh, help. Jesus Christ. You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I feel like. Someone actually say that to you after All the time. Really? Every time I'm at midnight, I'd fuck you. I'm like, I knew, who even said I was single? Like, when I'm single, when I'm not single. It's crazy. So I think in that way, that's what I mean. Like, younger men, I think it's getting worse because they're like, yeah, no, no, of course we can have a woman president. Like, no, no, of course. Like, I'll cook dinner. Like, they're totally feminist. But it's this weird thing of how to talk to girls. Like, so if I go, oh, hey, like, I'm so glad you liked my comedy, but you don't have to say you'd fuck me. Like, that makes me uncomfortable. Sure. Then it's like, it's a compliment. And there's the anger. There's no instinct to go, oh, did I say something? I sure. feel like if you said something to a black person and they went, Hey man, thanks for Hey man, that's my black guy. <laughs> thanks for coming to see my comedy. Um, you don't have to say I'm your favorite black comic though. Right. They would go, Oh, I feel like there's more respect. Oh, you, maybe, you yeah, they wouldn't be maybe, like Oh, you I was just being nice. Yeah, you don't think yeah, they would. I just so it's subtle. It's so subtle now that it almost <clears throat> is worse because you sound crazy talking about it. But I've never really experienced it too too bad. Um my only example is like when I first started out with Eugene Merman and all these other guys. We all auditioned to play this comedy club, and they all got uh, five-minute spots at it, and I didn't. And the guy was like, you're just too weird and alternative. I'm like, more than Eugene? you know? Like, <laughs> and so he was like, it's just too – I don't know what it is. He's like, the waitresses were really laughing at you, but I don't get it. And I was like, oh, okay, and so I couldn't work this club. And so looking back, I'm like, oh, that might have been like him – I don't know when a woman speaks, he doesn't hear the funnier. So maybe that was it, but it's always one of those things where it's never blatant. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, how can I explain it? So I don't know if it's getting better. Like I'm not in the upper echelons of like directing and sitcoms. So I don't really know sure. if it's getting better or worse, but I do know from young girls saying guys that open mics are like being dicks and stuff. Really? Like, yeah, it's so disheartening. Like young guys are saying like, are you ready for a lady comic? And I'm like, you guys, what? So I just like tell other guys, like if you can see that stuff and not, I feel like maybe we got lucky. We got lucky. My guy friends are so amazing. And I remember, I mean, I've, I must have known you for like 15 years mm -hmm. by now. And, and the open mics that we used to do, I felt was a very nice oh my community God, the of most, people and I, supportive. I and the best experience and, in LA, New York, and Boston. Every guy was amazing. And, and a really, um, and, 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 and a really nice mix of, of genders and people yeah. and, and not, you Races know. Races and gay and straight. And, yeah. And I, and I never really, you know. We had it so good. I don't know what it was. There's some, I think because like bigger issues with women are getting solved, but like smaller ones are falling away. I don't know what's happening, but these young girls I ran into on the road, they're like, oh my God, if they opened me, thanks for the spot. Like, it's so weird for women here. I'm like, what? It's just like, I don't, I didn't experience that. So I don't know. Yeah. I've only experienced weird stuff with like, um, like being on a, I was on a sketch TV show where the person running it. it was like a little weird because i was the only girl and so i was used as the girl in the sketches no. like that kind of stuff but again then you go out for drinks later so it's like that weird thing of like i was never sitting on the floor crying when i got home sure but i was always like i didn't have the best day at work everyone else probably had more fun <clears throat> where do you think the i mean how how do you specifically define feminism because i feel like there are a lot of there are a lot of different ways that it's expressed mm -hmm. online and 
Uh, yeah. I feel like most of them are very reasonable, but sometimes I do like people, they'll just shout, they'll just start shouting and go, how the fuck can you? And it's like, whoa, I don't think you're helping by no. just coming it aggressively. And, um, and sometimes it's for things that, you know, I remember when at midnight first started, there was a, there was a run of the, you know, the first handful of shows, the female comic was always in the middle and that was never an intention on anyone's part. Right. But people were like, you're being fucking sexist. And I go, oh, whoa, boy. wait, what? No. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. And you sometimes know, it's a height thing too. Sometimes it's a height thing or yeah. sometimes it's, sometimes it doesn't actually, sometimes it hinges around like there is a little bit of a math to how we place people on the show. Yeah. People, you know, like people like Doug Benson will put in the third spot because we know Doug kind of does his own thing. Yeah. And and so he just makes sense there. He's people, like a quiet stoner who when he pipes up, it's going to be great. Exactly. He doesn't need encouraging, though. Exactly. Yeah. People that people that might, you know, if they're a little more nervous sometimes, we'll put them in the number one spot so I can connect with them more. Like, yeah. there really is a – but we never in the beginning, we just didn't think about it. Yeah. And so, you know, like there was a, you're being sexist. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, I, and my response was, listen, I think you, I think that's a powerful word and you need to use it responsibly. Yeah. Because if you just use it whenever you're upset about something, then I'm afraid that it desensitizes people to actual sexism. Yes. And then that doesn't do anybody any good. There is real sexism in the world. Yeah. And it, it that that doesn't that I, you might think you're helping, but you're you're that doesn't help. No, that's too. And and I think I was talking to someone the other day about it. I go, yeah, you know, people are afraid of the word feminist. So then feminists, I would say, look it up. It simply means that you believe in the gender equality of the sexes. Now I think I'm getting down on that definition because most people go, I do believe in it. Anyway, uh, nice ass, and you're like, oh, okay. oh no, you know what I mean. <laughs> And because they do, I would say that to my guy friend. Yeah, Uh, I don't know. No, you weren't. But so I'm like, oh, maybe we need to. So like, we're the first wave feminists had a list. I want voting rights. I want blah 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 blah. We are pretty good. We still need like equal pay and all that. But it's this weird. Now it's just the culture of how women are treated and viewed, and it's more subtle. So I don't know what the. I'm not looking. I'm looking to walk around in the world and just feel like Jen the soul. Sure. And not. Jen the woman and because I don't think I'm a woman until people remind me like or even even in the way that like the late night show thing I have tried and pitched a show 50 times and even networks that were looking for a woman would be like how do we not make it female centric point of view though I'm like I don't know if I have a female point of view I don't think I'm typical what if it was just funny yeah and I go I think it's just gonna be funny and there can be a guy there I can talk to him or but also like guys aren't going to freak out if a woman is talking. Most of my fans are young men. So that's what's weird too is like there's like old dinosaurs and young dinosaurs with like dinosaur ideas. And so I'm actually, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say it, probably not, but with a certain TV network, I'm going to be producing a documentary about kind of like internet subtle sexism and like finding out like so that we don't just shout that sexist. But if we want to explain something really subtle and weird to someone, how we do it so that they're like, understand it like empathize with it because i was i have like all my friends are pretty smart so i'll go oh this thing happened and they'll go well was that sexism or just this i go oh it was because i have this feeling that happens when i can tell it's something because i'm a woman and then people who are cool go oh i get i believe you but you can't really just say that to people like oh i just have this weird feeling it's you know because i'm a chick and i guess i understand i guess i can i can empathize you know, I think also I'm very careful that now about saying I understand because there are things that I just don't understand. Oh, right. I can't possibly understand. I can empathize. I can empathize from the standpoint of 
I could un- I can see myself in a situation where I wasn't being understood by someone. Right. I do think and that And sometimes you don't have the language for it. You're like it's right. just is that a me. word? Is that a word? Yeah. But um I I know that uh the other side is horrendously aggressive to women online. Hor- hor- unforgivably aggressive. Well, you probably know more than I do about the the world you're in of like gaming and Comic-Con. Like I don't even know what all that stuff was. Like I really don't know, but that kind of stuff is is insane, I'm sure. Well, it you know, I think ultimately you can tell if someone is just like banging their rage boner against a keyboard because yeah. they're unhappy. Yes. You can also tell, you know, on the other side if someone goes, "You're being you, you sex as fuck." And it's like, "Okay, you don't really want to solve anything." Yeah. On both sides, yell. you want to yell. And and it's unfortunate that the loudest voices tend to be the extreme voices, and so yeah. that's what people who don't really know what the situations are tend to look at the extremists and go, oh, well, that's bad. Yeah. Be- and it's like, no, no, you're, you're talking about a sliver of people that don't represent the majority of people. But yeah. I do wish that in all of these situations, the goal really should be to understand first. So if you see something that you don't like, yeah. lead with – Hey, I'm not attacking. I'm trying to understand why exactly. you did this. Because then most of the time, unless the person is a complete asshole, they'll respond and go, yeah. oh, well, here's why this happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't really un- – or they'll go, you know, I don't really know and I guess that came off weird, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. And yeah. that's so much more effective I've had a than lot of, trying yeah. to punch people in the face, you know, and where you're just using it as a – Oh, I'm really mad and I'm just waiting for something to come along so I can blow off this anger steam. But that's what I try to do on Twitter. Like if someone's just blatantly like, oh, fuck you. I'm like, block, bye. But if someone says something that I'm like, oh, I bet they are cool, but maybe they need a little help finessing their words. And they might say like, um, whatever. And I'll write back like, hey, uh, that's not really a word we use anymore or something. They'll go, oh, okay. And then we have a dialogue and it's nice. And I'll put that out so everyone's. Sees that you can have a nice dialogue, but I'll give you sort of a, an, a vague exclusive on your podcast. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> I um, I had an incident that I talked about on my podcast that I had to take down because people weren't understanding it, and actually feminists and male feminists were coming at me, and I was like, it's nuanced. So I talked about an experience I had with a male comic from about ten years ago, sure, who said something kind of creepy to me. In no way physically violated my space. I did not see his body parts. He did not corner me it was just a couple creepy incidents and this person is a friend i dare not call them a peer anymore because they were very successful but he was sort of a not a mentor but in a few times took me aside and said go further with that bit or i encourage you to do the comedy clubs don't just stay in the alternative rooms whatever great person whatever i lost touch with him whatever but i was like god those moments were so creepy just the words just the words that um, but it was fine. It was one of those things where it was like, I told other people about it because we were laughing about it. Did you say what the words were? Did people understand what the words were? Um, I think I said, no, I didn't. Okay. I, I don't remember. But, um, I, when I talked to other comics about it, it was, we all talk about each other. It's, it's for funny reasons. Like, Hey, did you hear this perv did this? And everyone's like, ha ha ha. Like that's okay. So was it in the, but was it in the vein of. I'm going to do something to you or I want you to do something. I mean, like, what did you feel at the time? Were you scared? Like, what? No, not scared at all. Just more annoyed. The way that, like, women, that's what I was trying to say when I later talked about it. Like, there's certain things where you're like, 
hanging out with someone and then you're like, oh, shoot, they're going to creep on me for a second. Right. And then as a woman, you can go, hey, no. And they're like, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, bummer, you creep me out. But then, but then I have to take into consideration, do I want to go on tour with this person, for example? Sure. Probably not. Right. Just because I don't want to have to deal. Are they going to rape me? God, no. I just don't want to have to deal with the, you know, you have a drink after the show. Hey, so want to make out? No. Like a puppy dog, like get away. Right. No. Right. But I just want to have to do that all the time. So it's like for sometimes being a woman is like an extra thought in your day. Like, do I need a sweater? And, uh, you know, like that's it. And that's what I was trying to explain. Like, it's not always like, I'm uncomfortable. I was whatever. So I talked about it 10 years later on my podcast recently because I was in Australia and people were reviewing my show before I even performed it. And I was being called a dirty comic. (laughs) And I was like, what? And I was like, I'm not at all. And so, and then every interview was like, what's it like being a woman in comedy? And I was like, I, so I said, I did like a press thing where I was like, I will not answer that question because it's just never funny. Right. And then you're talking to someone who doesn't know you. And then that becomes the headline. Jen Kirkman says it's hard sometimes. I'm like, oh, forget it. So <laughs> I decided to just talk about it in my podcast. I was like, here's what it's really like to be a woman in comedy. Um, you have friends and sometimes they're creepy and, you know, and they're really successful. And then you get mad because you're like, I'm getting reviews that I'm a dirty comic and I'm not dirty in real life. And like why it, somebody said like, go to her show at your own risk. It's not for everyone. Wasn't everyone's comedy, not for everyone. Right. So, um, I was just getting mad. I'm like, in that way, it's sexist. Like I'm the nicest person. I'm not dirty, blah, blah, blah. And so not that there's anything wrong with it, but I was like, listen, I know this comedian and I was kind of obvious who I was talking about. I'm like, he said this, he said that. I don't even know if I said what he said, but I was like, and you know, I know there's all these rumors about him and I talked to my managers and agents and I'm like, people always ask me questions about him in the press and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because it would ruin my career. Now, what I meant by ruin my career is if I have only so much space in a small press article and that's what I talk about, people will hate me. You know, people that... Oh, they're going to they're gonna pick the dramatic angle rather yeah. than talk about you as a performer. Yeah. And so I'm like, it would ruin my career in the sense that I have a Netflix special coming out of this and that. If I'm talking about like dudes who are creepy once in a while. That's what people are going to be like, what a dick she is, or I've never heard of her. She's trying to take this person down. And in all this Bill Cosby drama going on, people just go, everyone's Bill Cosby. I'm like, that was a psychopath. Right. This is like, so anyway, I talked about that on my podcast and Jezebel picked it up and made it a blind item. Did Jen Kirkman call out so-and-so and then added all these other rumors. So it sounded like the rumors of this guy were things that I said he did. And I'm like, I had already dealt with him one-on-one as a human. Like, I wonder if they did that because they knew people would click on the article. Chris, I didn't want to be cynical. No. 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 I think they wanted that. to know. Yeah. Because, but now, why, do you, why don't you think they emailed me directly? Did, well, they probably thought I was they busy, got busy. Right? They yeah. thought you were busy. Yeah. They, weren't, you know, they probably heard that you don't like small talk. And exactly. so they were like, oh. you know, Jen was in customer service. We understand everything about her because we've done a thorough background check. Yeah. And we really, what matters to us the most is understanding and telling the, the, the right the truth. The, the story and getting to the bottom of the truth and not just. So I'm sure it was probably just that. They just thought you were busy. <laughs> so they go, so they do that. And I'm like, getting hate mail now. Anyway, but me and this person had a conversation months ago and that person on their own was like, eh, yeah, I was kind of a creep. I go, you are a creep. That's who you are. And God bless you. But that is something that was staying in me for a while. And I was having resentment about other things. And so I talked about you on my podcast because I, um, I was just in a resentful mood and I was just like, blah, sometimes people are creepy. And I go, but you know what? 
uh, so, so we talked and then, um, that was it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm fine because I was never violated. Never. It didn't cost me any career stuff. I was never violated. I was just like bummed. Like it's like one less person that I trust. Yeah. That's it. And the person knows it. I was like, I would totally have coffee with you. I do also think you're a creep. So I'd probably leave. <laughs> and he was laughing and we were fine. So then I, so then Jezebel does all this shit and you know, guessing who they think it is, which I never said who putting all this shit. I started getting like hate mail, all this stuff. And then like, you're not talented. Why do you got to take this person down? Then they, they, then I took the podcast down because they were directing people to it. Oh. So then it, it, Jen Kirkman mysteriously takes down thing. And they're like, he's silencing her, whoever this man they think it is. And then all these people started emailing me and I was just so angry. I go, fuck you. And they go, we can print this. I go, print it, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, here's a feminist saying that to a feminist blog, but it was bothering me. And so then, um, finally, long story short, so now men are picking up on it and good men and God bless them. But they're tweeting at me. Why won't you come forward? You say you're strong, you know, just suck it up and do it. And I'm like, Ooh, see, you're not quite getting feminism right. Is yeah. Because there... they're basically, <laughs> well, that's, that's a thing that I, that I don't. And first of all, everyone knows you're talking about Gallagher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but she's not talking about Gallagher. It's Don't pick Gallagher. that up. But I, you know, I've often been. I've, I'm often it's Gallagher kind of, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm often interested in the aggressive male feminist. Is very interesting to me yeah. because uh, they're just learning. It's like it's like the white people at Berkeley that in the Black Lives Matter protesters burning things, and the black people are like, "Hey, hey come on can, now, can you not do that yeah, in our name?" Because I, you know, I think. I think it happened one time. Uh, someone came at me while I was. I think I might have been with April at the time, and this dude was. He didn't like a. He didn't like the word I. I used the word lovely to describe someone, but I. But I use that word to describe men and women. I think of it as a. I think of it as like a spiritual. I've quality. heard you say it. Like that person's lovely. Like yeah. this person, and I don't. I don't. I honestly don't. You're not think talking gender, about like hey a looker. I'm not. I'm not talking physical. Yeah. And, and again, I use it for both genders. It, yeah. To me, it's just when someone's warm and the, and they're they're friendly. I think oh that's lovely. It's I don't know if it's southern or what it is, but the guy. But he was just like you piece of shit. Like like what? one of those. And then I think April was like. You know, as a woman, I'm a little offended that this guy feels like he's got to fight for me, I yeah. guess. I don't – because yeah. can I fight my own battle? You know, like yeah. – and it almost kind of seemed like that his aggressive feminism was almost weirdly came around to being a little sexist again. Yes. Well, that's what these guys were doing. Like I said to this guy, I go, I don't have to come out about anything because I was never violated. But if I was, I would have a victim mentality. And that's why I wouldn't come out. So you have to understand all sides. And I said, the other thing is like somebody that then wrote an article that was like, Jen whispered among her female comic friends to warn them of this person. I go, <laughs> never happened. And if anyone's talking about it, it's because we're laughing, like gender neutral laughing, like check out this bozo that said this to me. Like we spread rumors about other comics because we're dicks. Not because, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's why. It's not like, so I was telling my friend Chris about this. He goes, isn't it more sexist to assume that women are always walking around like shattered birds, like, Jill, come here. Don't go near this person. He will hurt you. Like, no one is, no one is doing that. No one is sitting there like in the shower after, unless they're really a Bill Cosby victim. And then someone said to me, well, couldn't this person go from saying creepy things to doing them? And don't you have a responsibility to stop him? I'm like, no, I don't actually. I do not. Because I don't know if someone who says, hey, let's fuck, is going to rape someone someday. I don't know where you get that. That it, It's like a gateway 
thing, like right. pot to heroin. And so I was like, I don't have a responsibility for anyone. My friend and I had a conversation. Sure, I made it public on my podcast, but I kept it a blind item because it was a larger story about if you want to know what it's like being a woman in comedy, it's weird, subtle shit that you have to think twice about. That was my whole point, was not to call someone out. Then when we get into name calling, now my message is watered down. And then everyone goes, rah, rah, rah. And now you're having, to put, you're having to put out a fire that's nowhere near the original campsite yeah. because a story was told in an inauthentic way to try to create drama, which creates traffic, which gets people. And that to me – and I feel like um, – who do we just talk to about that on the podcast? We just talked to someone about that on the podcast, that the idea that that these – Websites that are clickbaity and manipulating people's emotions are not being held accountable. Yeah. Like that's where you should direct some of your rage. I feel like we should yeah. we should kind of shame that mentality of of just putting in a couple facts that you know are gonna piss people off just so that you'll get traffic and you'll get two hundred comments in the threads and people and then you'll be quoted on the new it's like yeah. that's gross because you know what's gonna upset people you and if you do your due diligence yeah. and you really do get the whole story then of course expose something that you think is 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 an injustice right but don't just get a headline and then go well this and this and this like you like you're coming from a place of authority when you know you're trying to get traffic you would get in trouble in a college paper for that like you didn't support your thesis you just started here and then just like, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> And then they were just like, These weren't even words. They were just like <laughs> onomatopoeia sounds. <laughs> These are yeah. like. So that is where, the, that long, stupid story is just about, that's where it, weirdly feminism is like, everyone calm down. Dudes, thank you. But if you listen to us, we'll tell you where you can be helpful. Like, don't be typing at me. I thought you were stronger than this. It's like, oh, Jesus. So that kind of stuff. Is currently what's making me. Where do you think the line is between um, equality and celebrating differences? Like gender equality versus, as human beings, we are biologically different. Where where is it okay to celebrate differences? Where is it okay to celebrate differences in the way that we like? Where where is it okay to celebrate differences, and where should we? You know what I mean? Well, I think people will probably get mad at me about this, but one of the things that I want to explore in life and in my work and in this thing I might work on is. I know there's a line of feminist thinking that's like, we shouldn't have to explain to men, we shouldn't have to make it comfortable for men to be feminist. But it's like, I know, but maybe we should so that they can be. So the, once they realize it's not that big a deal and it's okay. So in that in that sense of like where I said, sometimes I'll explain to someone in a nice way so that they're not offended and they don't go off on me. Hey, maybe we could use this word instead. Like, I think there's a nice way to exp- – all this weird, subtle stuff I'm talking about that young guys aren't learning. Like, you don't have to write, I'd fuck you, or come up to me after. And those were just jokes, just like Mark Maron and Louis do. Well, unfortunately, like you know – There's a nice way to talk to people about it. Of course, it. Yeah. but there's so many there's – there's a whole – there's a generation of people who are learning to communicate through a very um, – uh, through this very inorganic way of interpersonal communication via text and chat forums. Yeah. And because the internet – to its credit and also to its detriment, allows people to basically just find one group without yeah. having to really figure out how to deal with other people and integrate. Yeah. So if someone gets kind of cranky about something, they can immediately go to some negative forum or some negative and go, yeah. And yeah. then it's like, well, they're not learning understanding. They're just no. seeing a bunch of people raging right. and, and, and we're so addicted to rage right now. Yeah. And I think that's like – that's the thing is I want like – I guess the celebrating differences thing would be like men and women think differently. So if we want to communicate to men how they can help us, 
not like we have to get inside their head, but let's think of a way to communicate with these creatures that we want to understand us. So I feel like in that way, there's differences like the way we think. It's beautiful. Keep it. There's good stuff about it. Physically, I guess there's differences. I don't know. I think there's all kinds of great. I don't want everyone to be the same. Yeah. But I want everyone to feel that's what I would say. Like equality for me is like, I just want to feel safe going out in the world. I don't mean like someone's going to. Right, but they could. But I know someone could go, well, it could get shot. Yes, we all are unsafe in one way. But I want it to be equally unsafe. I was going to say something weirdly similar to your ability to empathize with this stuff is I remember you when you transitioned from uh, – transitioned. When you were like drinking and then not drinking, right? Like you slimmed down and you were like, I'm just going to talk honestly about being kind of a weirdo or being kind of a nerd or whatever. Sure. And I remember like that's a feminine – quality in a weird way in comedy that's a kind of feminine approach to comedy is like to reveal your vulnerabilities if we're going stereotypical blah 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 like your things are more about your shortcomings and your flaws and your this crazy thought came to mind and there's i think there's other nerd culture things that are more like you don't know what MaxCon 7 dragon game is like that kind of comedy and i feel like even within comedy you have a naturally more feminine air about you i appreciate that because it's you know i think it's probably easier for you to empathize because you're like that like never even mind you and your mom i i was raised primarily by my mom my Mm. dad i developed a great relationship with him i mean my dad was great he just when i was young he just had a he kind of had a midlife crisis Mm. and you know he was dating a 18 year old girl and you know like he he uh, and, and then, you know, of course, and then when I was 38, yeah. I, mean, I, I fucking almost did the same thing. I dated someone who was like 23, you know? Oh, and, you did? I yeah. Know. And, and, and it, and it, and, and, and I know where it came from though. Yeah. I know it was tight puss. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I adore you. <laughs> it came from, I'm being scared. It came right, from like being, I'm about to hit 40. I'm about to hit 40. I'm, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what that was. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to justify it and say it was okay. I'm just telling you how I felt at the time. Yeah. I was terrified. Yeah. I, I, I felt mortal for the first time. And there's something about as you, as, as I started to get a little bit older, I think there was something in my brain that was basically trying to, you know, I'm saying obvious things, steal youth. Yeah, and feel relevant. Isn't that funny? I never thought about and, that. And but it, but it all but a lot of it came from an in, it was it was all insecurity, you know. Yeah. And I know my dad was unhappy when he was young, and he probably was doing the same thing. And but anyway, the long short of it is, is you know, my mom has been kind of like one of my best friends for most of my life. Yeah, and uh, you know, she's a little overprotective sometimes, but I'm right. her only child, and I I get it. Oh, you're an only child, right? I am. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am an only child, and so you know, I, I guess I. When I was drinking so much, I, it's just because I couldn't, I couldn't handle. Who, I didn't. I was anxious and depressed and couldn't yeah. understand who I was and was trying to be something I wasn't. And then when I finally quit all that stuff, it's like, oh, okay, I can finally start to be this person that I, right. that I am. Right. But I you never had those. You never had that stuff. Like you're not a drinker or anything. No, but I did have. Um, I just handled it the right way. I went to therapy. And did, no. <laughs> no, but I did have obviously anxiety, depression. My whole life, and then you know, went to therapy like probably around college years, yeah, right, right after. And then when I'm meds in my 20s, I went off, I'm off them now, but yeah, I mean, oh, I had all that. But weirdly, I was thinking maybe that's where men and women are different. Like, I don't like dating younger people because it makes me crazy. Like, even a few years younger, I go fucking nuts, and um, but I but I do it, and I'm currently do, but it's like one of those things where it's like I don't, 
not like crazy young, like in his 30s, but I'm sure. 41. But I feel like there's such a big difference between like 35 and 41. Like to me, I think it's huge. But Oh, do you really? Well, maybe from a man to a woman. I, I think to me. I'm very set in my ways. Like, to me, I think like, to me, I think above 28, mm-hmm. it, you can date anybody. I Could, think it's different for women, men and women. You think so? Maybe women are a little more mature. I don't know. Or like, um, I don't know what it is. I, there's something weird, but I don't want to go too old because I'm still very active. So like, I know that sounds crazy, but if someone said, hey, go out the 50-year-old, I'd have to be like, what kind of 50 are they? Sure. Are they like active and wants to get on a plane all the time? Or are they just like, I bought a house, I'm sitting home. Like that I don't want. But Yeah, because I, I see it on both sides. Like if like if there was a dude who was like 29 or 30, and, and yeah. honestly, and he was dating a woman who was like 48, 50, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I mean, they're both adults. Like I think at a certain age, yeah. you're an adult. You're an adult, yeah. And it's, it's sort of like... You know, when people get together and they're like 55 and 75. I mean, really, that's 20 years. But it, to me, it doesn't seem like... Yeah, you're like, like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, they're just grown-ups. Yeah, I get it. They're well, just grown-ups. My fear of mortality manifests in wanting to be around people that are older. People that are younger make me realize it more. So it's funny that <laughs> you said as a guy, you went younger, like trying to steal their youth. I want to go... Older, so you feel like you're the young one? Oh, maybe. Or just like, let me be around someone who seems fine with it. Like, all I ask for when I die is let me be at the age where I don't care if I die anymore. Sure. So, like, to be around people that are like that, I'm like, wow, it's so inspiring. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. I just don't know if anyone... <laughs> inspiring is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at a certain point, as you start to get older, you realize, like, I wonder how many more Christmases there... You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like one, by, by, by the time you're, like, 75... You know, you're going, well, I could live 25 more years. Right. I, I don't know if they're going to be – I don't know if, I don't know if you know, 88 to 104 is really going to be yeah. super high quality. And you know what? With all these liberals, will there even be a Christmas then? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're trend, They're already starting. Someone said happy holidays to me just now, and it's August. They're already starting for this year. They are. They are. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. This liberal media is trying <laughs> to – I don't even know. I don't know. I hope all I say is I hope Bernie Sanders becomes president so James Adomian can get famous. <laughs> but, yeah, you have to understand. You know, there's like people. We we've been tackling more political stuff lately just because it, they're doing a lot of stuff in social media and our shows about social media and so that's sort of oh yeah. We've been talking more about Republicans lately because there's bits more about the Republicans right now. Yeah. And but we I want it to be I want it oh to. Oh my be god! Fa- I can't oh, your old timey phone. I didn't turn my ringer. On. Hello, Klondike five four nine. Oh my god, I am so sorry. That's okay, I don't it's mind. Embarrassing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that embarrassing. It's a it's phone. Not that People bad. have it. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's like, well, it'll be balanced when the Democrats start getting more active. We'll do more stuff. And like, and I try to explain to people like. I'm on comedy side. Like I don't. Yeah. It, just like you said. Like oh, so Adomia can do it. It's like you're on comedy side. Yeah. You yeah. want you want comedy to always like. I don't care who's doing no, what. No. I mean, in my personal life, I have opinions, but on stage, I don't use that to proselytize or get my point of view out. So it's like. Yeah, whatever's funniest, let's just make fun of it. I'm not just making fun of it because I'm on the other side and I'm ignoring what they're doing. And it's like, even with Sarah Palin, it was like, we started doing stuff about her on Chelsea lately at the time when I was on that show because she was making herself a star and she was pop culture. We weren't trying to be political and get, I mean, Chelsea did want Obama to win, but it was like, she's Sarah Palin. Like, she's like having a fashion show, basically, like. Okay. <laughs> Your message sound is Fred Flintstone like sneaking away. I just got a new phone and I did not set any of these. 
This is so embarrassing. That's that's Fred and Barney like sneaking around the back of the house yeah, like, to go talk is- to Great Gazoo. Okay, that was very specific. I remember Great Gazoo. Of course. Um, but yeah, so I, I think people were all mad. Like, And I'm like, if there was a Sarah Palin on the other side, we would be doing oh, God, it. God, people are always all mad. I try to tell people, like, you know, especially like with the podcast or the show, mm. sometimes I'll say like uh, – you know it's not a lecture series. Like, yeah. it's, it's just silly. Like, it's not, you know, but people always see what they want and they kind of ignore everything that doesn't fulfill their – I know there's a, na- a specific name for it, but doesn't fulfill the narrative that they want to believe. Right. And anything else, like, they just sort of push aside. It's like, but don't – you know, like, don't see a couple things and go, oh, yeah, I get it. I know what this is exactly – you know, so yeah. girl, I listened to your podcast once and I fucking – I get it. I'm like, no, you don't. Not in 720 episodes. Oh, my God. You j- It's like you haven't heard every episode. So right. don't say that you – or don't pick a headline and go, oh, well, Jen Kirkman's like dot, dot, dot. It's like you don't know. You just yeah. – you don't – can't we just be okay as a culture of just saying like, hey, I don't know. Let's be nuanced. <laughs> Let's, but there is no nuance, and there's no nuance in social media. No, because, I know that's what makes me crazy. I'm like looking for something short. that isn't there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dead end. It's difficult to have. It's difficult to have nuance when you're only getting one part of the story, and 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 seeing something purely text based. Yeah, is is a piece of the story. It's not the whole story. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. It's like, a piece of shit. It's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And fuck that in the butt. That's what I say. In the bat cave. Fucking in the bat cave. Please don't use language like this in front of a lady. I apologize. No, I <laughs> didn't mean to upset you or offend you. I'm fine. I'll just talk about it in 10 years. <laughs> and, a, <laughs> and a blind item. <laughs> This was the time, I know. Well, it's you know, it's this is a this is a everyone's very offendable these days about about everything, and I think if you are offended by something, some of that is on you, yeah, because you have boundaries that not everyone can see, right? It's it's like you know we're all kind of running around like with those dog collars where there's the invisible barriers, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like it's like oh, well, I didn't know where your barriers were, and I have my own stuff, and I don't. You know, your being offended is in some cases a little bit your responsibility. Right. Now, right. there certainly are some things that people say to them. You're like, okay, that's a little, that's right. a little nut jobby. Right. But, but I that's would, proper offense. I but, but, I, but I do think that um, uh, rather than everyone being offended, like, let's just try to understand each other. And if you hear something or you see something that you don't like or doesn't jibe with what you believe or you feel like you were personally – that's the other thing is that people will laugh at other people in comedy, but the second something lands near their feet, there's like, I can't believe – like, yeah. but you were just laughing at that other thing. You just laughed at the yeah. bit that Chris Hardwick does about the homeless guy with one leg that no, he said I don't, should get a job. I don't – I didn't you say that. That's not anymore? a bit at all and you oh, just made that up to be – I'm glad you didn't do that bit be, anymore. You just, no, I didn't do that bit ever. <laughs> no, he that's didn't. Like, that, he didn't. <laughs> it's like – <laughs> that reminds me of something Brody Stevens did to me one time. <laughs> because it's when there there are things you can do that it's almost like the crane thing from a karate kid. There's no defense. Oh yeah, yeah. But we were standing outside the gypsy cafe once when we all used to perform there and we were having a normal conversation about something and these three young women walked by and then all of a sudden Brody just said to me, Hey, so why'd you hit that girl? And I'm like, <laughs> What? And there's nothing you can say because you can't go, he's just doing a bite in it because you bit. just look yeah, crazy. Like, can I I don't like the word gypsy. Is there? Can we rename the cafe for the story? <laughs> we, can, we can. Yes, it was I'm the, the Roma Cafe. 
Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, I don't even know if that's still there. I haven't been to Westwood in ages. It's still there? I haven't been either. But uh, I, I guess I guess my plea is just like, please just try to understand each other first and don't just attack. Because yeah. you can't – people are so unaware of how they approach situations. Yeah. I think in their hearts they might feel like, oh, I'm con- – you know, like in their minds they might be going, I'm concerned about this. And they go, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah. And you go, hey, fuck you. And they're like, oh, you can't take criticism? Like, no, you just – you just like came swinging. Oh, I hate the can't take criticism. You can't. You came swinging with a golf club. You yeah. have to expect that someone's going to swing back or try to block it. Start or... with opening and going hello, like yeah. in a horror movie. We're all then humans. Build up to the golf We're all club. have emotions. I think the large majority of people, their mission is not to ruin your life, ruin your day, or oppress you. They right. just people communicate differently, and there are nuances. And I think that's a good way to think. And if there is the person that's out to ruin your life, okay, you started with, hey, I don't think you're out to ruin my life. Oh. I've been presented some facts. You you actually are, but that's better for my soul to approach everyone as if they're not, and then we'll find out if they are. Seriously, I think I'm, I'm such a, a I think sixty to seventy percent of skirmishes would be avoided if people yeah. just approached each other like human beings and tried to understand. Even when you don't agree, you can still say, "Well, mm, I don't see it this way. I have my set of experiences and point of view, and you have yours." Yeah, you know, and that's just, and maybe I wish we just I could don't be, agree on this. I wish I could be like RuPaul is on Twitter. Everything's like love and ah. Oh. Oh, man, RuPaul's the best. RuPaul's my hero. RuPaul for president. <laughs> Let's make that happen. I, I put it on Instagram once. It didn't seem to pick up any traction. <laughs> do you think you would ever do something political? No. Too stupid now. I used to be smart. I used to want to. And now I just don't believe in the system anymore. I feel like it's like I'm, I'm going to like conspiracy. I mean, it, it is. It's sort I feel of like, like it's all rigged. I, well, not only not only do I feel like there's crazy stuff potentially like that going on but also yeah. i just think that i just come kind of, i feel kind of feel like well they're all kind of great they're all kind of screwy i think the issues now are like individual issues the environment sexism feminism uh this two same issue um you know gay rights or whatever everything is like you can handle locally without doing it with politics i feel like so and if, if i'm ever moved to do something political it'll be you know off to the side of not being like i'm running for senator not ever that but i would do it as a community person. Yeah. I, I think it's really important to also ask yourself before you before you take to social media activism, like, yeah. is this helping? Is it, this true? Is this true? I've been caught a couple times like, shit, I just bought, I just believed the side I usually think I'm well, on you know what's, something. It, you know what's so, what's scary is that it, how do you even, how can you believe much of anything? I mean, Someone could say anything about anyone, and a percentage yeah. of people would believe it, even if it, had, if it was completely baseless. And over time, it might be revealed, oh, well, this wasn't true. And there's like, yeah. but by that point, people have moved on. It's not like everyone turns back around and goes, oh, you know, I'm really sorry that I said that that guy did this. I didn't really know. Like, people yeah. don't care. They just kind of want to carve a path of destruction. Yeah. I think, yeah, the social media thing is, I don't like to be political on because I do sometimes. If it's like, to me, so of course I'm going to not be like, Hey, um, my boob looks weird when everyone's like, oh my God, Ferguson's blowing up again. Like, of course I'm either going to sure. not say anything about anything or, but then there's always those people who are like, don't talk about that today. I'm like, why not? Like if any, it's always the time, the right time to talk about a thing that's happening that, yeah. that whole weird attitude of let's talk about this tomorrow after the dust has settled. Like, no, yeah, let, and the let's... people that are actually involved, whether it's a shooting or Ferguson or something, they're, there dealing. No one's mad that we're on Twitter talking about it. Let's, it's okay to talk. Let's, let's also try to assume that everyone we encounter 
is not a piece of shit who's worse than Hitler. You know what I mean? Like, right. let's assume that if someone sends out an innocuous tweet about something that maybe they didn't see the news that something happened. Right. And don't, you know, you fucking piece of shit. How can you like, oh, <laughs> fuck. I don't, you know, I don't. Maybe I don't have the same uh, – I don't see the same thing that you're seeing right now. Right, so just right. give me a chance. I had no idea and I'll your, address your it. aunt was sick. Yeah, and, I'll, and I, I can get into it, but just like, you know, don't, don't go from zero to go fuck you, you piece of shit. Well, there's something terrible happening every second. Like right now someone's getting acid thrown in their face, like in Saudi Arabia. So it's like you, then in that case we should never be on anything ever. That was my argument. Back, <laughs> there's, there's always, there's always there's horrible always things. There's always horrific things happening except here in Hollywood. Right. But which is really the magic kingdom of dreams. Yeah. yeah. Everything is fine here. And everyone's very I mean, well it is, adjusted. It is pretty much everything is fine here, except for the psychological uh, psychosis that. Well, the that business business is it just it just is it just bre- it breeds a certain amount of, you know, it, it, it attracts it attracts people who are a little unstable and it, and it can make those people even more unstable. When did you know you were funny? <laughs> What what happened? I got it. I got a tweet the other day where uh, so this this woman said to me, um, uh, you know, uh, I like your show, but um, maybe just don't tell. It was like, uh, you know, oh oh, uh, I think I like your show, and I think you're adorable, but not when you talk about politics. Go back to the way the show was before. And I wrote back <laughs> and I so go, Did you really just tell me to shut up and look pretty? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> it was such a weird. You're not adorable when you talk politics. You don't. You've I got don't. A worry line. I need you to be as fuckable as possible. <laughs> and like it was such a. Strange... I pictured this like a 60 year old woman. Was it just like a woman? My. <laughs> I didn't even look. I, just, um, I was so I was so humorously taken aback. I was yeah, just yeah. like, did you just tell me to shut up and look pretty? <laughs> I picture some. I don't know why I'm picturing this. Like a 60 year old woman with her dildo on. She's like. <laughs> Oh, damn it. I, I can't come when he talks about this. My dildo is shaped like Taft. It's fat in the middle with a top hat in the ends. Why do I say horrible things? I'm sorry. Because we have to. We're comics because we – do you know why we say horrible things? Because we're so sensitive as people, like comics, I think, in general, sensitive as people. Yeah. And, you know, what I keep trying to explain about humor is, like, it's necessary because if we didn't have it, we would fucking be on the brink of – this is how we process stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is how we gain control over things. We can make fun of the fact that, you know, we've both been viciously attacked online for things because we – if we don't, yeah. it's really upsetting. And so it, it helps us process. Humor – I really try to think about the biological function and necessity of humor and why we have it and why people laugh. It's like a survival instinct. I think it's it? survival and I think in, in some cases – I think – I think laughter. I think laughter is expressed for a few different reasons, mm-hmm. but we all translate it as one. Th- we translate it as all one thing. Yeah. I think you know, um, uh, feeling a sense of community. You laugh when someone says something that you recognize in your own life. Ah, we're all part of the. I'm not going to get murdered. We're, we're in the. We're in the same tribe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like there's that, and then there's you know saying horrible things uh, because there's something funny about gaining control over horrible things by being able to reduce it yeah but it's not that you don't respect those things it's just that's that's why i don't like that game cards against humanity oh yeah it's always people who aren't comics who want to play and i'm like "Mm, this isn't gonna be fun for me because i've already thought even worse (laughs) and then everyone's like oh i can't believe it it just said it says like drop aids in africa oh my god i can't believe it i'm like right uh, I, i played it once with like it was it was hurting me 
was hurting me. It was with the people that aren't comics. You know, my mom turned out to be surprisingly good at that game. We played at Thanksgiving last year, and I was nervous. I mean, my mom is... You can pretty much say anything in front of my mom. You couldn't yeah. when I was growing up, but now, you know, like, oh, she's yeah, totally, totally cool about stuff. She was the one that was dropping, like, the, you know, get butt-fucked by Hitler, you know? It was, like, <laughs> the craziest. And then she would giggle, <laughs> you know? Your mom's so cute. I think she follows me on Twitter now. It's pretty I think she exciting. probably does. Yeah. I she's think great. My mom is, like, the perfect example. My mom is, you know, she's a strong human being who's had a lot of loss in her life mm-hmm. and still even in her darkest times would still like get up every day, try to have a smile on her face, try to, you know, yeah. I mean, she's a, I'm happy that people are kind of discovering her on Twitter now. Cause she's a really great role model for like how to be a person and That's survive. Awesome. Yeah. Do you think she'll write a book? I don't know. I think she should. She wants to do a podcast. I think she should write a book. Maybe the podcast could, the lead podcast could spawn a book. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I mean, she should do something like that. How's your mom? She's so good. She good. just went to um, see boy George. Oh, how did she like my boy, George? He's, um, he's just love, Chris. He's, <laughs> he's wonderful. He, you know, we're all just souls. That's what she was saying. Because it was that same thing of what you just said. Your mom wouldn't, you couldn't have talked that way in front of her then. But now my mom, like I, when I was little, I had a crush on boy, George. And my mom was really freaked out by it. And I was like, and so now she's like, and um, he had a beard, but makeup on him. Real cute, really works his eyes. And I go, <laughs> she's like fifth row. And I go, Remember when I was little and I had a crush on him? You were so freaked out. Because I think when you're a parent and you don't know and you see something different and you're afraid for your kids to get involved in it, I'm like, but I was eight. Like, I don't know what she thought was going to happen. I was going right. to move to New York and like do heroin and hang out with like well, whatever. It's nice that she had the, yeah. p- the, the presence of mind to be a little aware and be like, you know, I was just being silly. Yeah. And she's like, and so now I realize we're all just souls and the creative people who are weird on the outside are, I think, the nicest on the inside because they have nothing to hide. And she was on and on. Like, Boy George really affected her. I guess during the concert, this is kind of interesting, when people are like, woo, and just making random noises, he was like, you guys, stop it. I don't want to hear all the woo and the cheer. Let's just be quiet and enjoy the music because this is all love I'm giving you and I want you to give it back to me. But that's like kind of like false in a way. Like, let's just be real. And it, my mom said I got really quiet and everyone was enjoying the music. But then like, She's like, I don't, it got louder with love. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so she was like, the last time I talked to her, she was on like a Boy George high. Oh, that's right. she's good. My dad and her are still together, 77 years wow. old. Isn't that crazy? Wow. <clears throat> still high school sweethearts. <gasps> that's amazing. Yeah. I'm doing, working on a bit that's not getting laughs. It did the other night. I forget where I was. I couldn't believe people laughed finally. But she was, she called me honest to God and was just like, I'm not going to do the bit, but she was kind of saying, when you're young and you're getting married and you're 21, yeah, yeah, to death to us part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better force. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at this hot young person. You're like, that's 60 years from now. She's like, secretly you're thinking you'll both die in your sleep at 100. No one has to deal with anything. She's like, one of you might get sick before the other. And my mom's just now starting to live this life she always wanted or not always wanted, but never had. So she's at concerts, she's doing this. And my dad does it too, but he's a little more... He'll probably be the sicker one, like my back, my legs, my this, my that. And so she knows she'll have to, and he's like a baby when he's sick. So she's yeah. like, well, you know, Broad's got a higher tolerance for pain. Yeah, because they have their babies. Yeah, they got their babies. I always say that. And then I'm like, I haven't had one. So I'm like, we tolerate pain better. I mean, I want nothing <laughs> of that pain. But, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so she's like, kind of like, it will be sad in a weird way to experience taking care of your partner when they're old. And all the kind, there is resentment that comes along with that. And there is more sacrifice during what you said. I don't know how many more Christmases I have left. And I might not be able to go away again because I'm with this one. Like, it was this very honest right. thing of like, 
don't let people pressure you into getting married again. Like, like you're going to have this lonely life. You can have the same thing in a marriage if you think about it. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. I'm trying to make that funny. And so far people are like, uh, no. (laughs) Well, because I think, I think, I think it's, it dances around stuff that makes them uncomfortable, which is, they see their parents, they think about their dead parents. They think about getting older. Like, I think the underlying the underlying thing when you really strip it down is what you're saying is it's sad to get old. Yeah. And so people I think are reading that as opposed to, you know, what's funny about yeah. being about, about what's sad about getting like that really that is that is oh, it's just the dog. The dog was just shaking her. Oh my god, I just jumped. Yeah. Oh shit. I have to get on a plane. Oh, what time? Uh, I, at 10, but I have to go home first. Oh, okay. All right. Well, at Sorry. least it's not like in an hour. No, 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 no. I say keep fucking around with it until you... I think I'm going to end on... I think I'm going to do a thing where the punchline is... She's going to say all this deep stuff and go, I just, you know... And I have tickets to Boy George. It's going to be something about this can't inconvenience me because I have tickets to something. Like, it's going to be... Right. It's going to start with her concert reviews and then go to... She's got tickets to something, and that's really why she's worried. So it just takes the, like, oh, just kidding. Like, she thinks all these things, and then, just kidding. Right. It's, she's not really concerned about what it all means. Just wants to get to the concert. Like, I'll just do something with that. Because I got a little laughs here and there when I did it in that order. I think it's coming along. But, yeah, that very real thing of, like, people don't want to think about that for themselves, too. Like, What do you think is funny about it? <clears throat> um, that it's so disturbing. Yeah. That there's no, like, I delight in it like a comic delights in awful things, like, like, um, yeah, okay, finally someone's telling me the fucking truth. Like, it is miserable to not be on the same page as your partner. And it's funny when it's silly things, like the guy doesn't understand why the wife doesn't want his feet up on the table. But why isn't it funnier later when the disconnect they have is like, we're growing old differently. Like, that's the other thing. You don't know who someone's going to be when they're old. You are still kind of a different person, I think. Of course, because yeah. you're, you're changed and your chemistry, everything changes. I think that's maybe where the funny part is, is yeah. finally someone's telling, the, someone's telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and it is, you know, uh, 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 when you're young, it sort of seems like, you know, you think however you feel in a moment is how you're going to feel forever. Right. Which is like, you know, if you were... You know, if you if you just finished dinner and then you said to someone, you said to that other to the young person, like, where do you want to go for lunch tomorrow? Oh, no, I'm going to be full forever. You know, right, it's like exactly. You just oh, think funny. You just think however you feel in a moment is how you're going to feel forever. That's kind of what she said about the young thing. She's like, we didn't know how we were going to feel at 77. And they're still into each other. And now it's like a different kind of love. It's just like complete dependence. So it's that thing of like she my grandmother was also saying she was glad her husband died young because she would have been fucked if she was like 90 and he died on her because she would have he, he was 60 they were 60 when he died so she was like oh i learned i was still young and able and i learned independence so right. i didn't need him by the time i was 90 right so when she was 90 she was like thank god i've had these 30 years to come into my own i can't imagine if he just died now i'd probably die next to him and she made it another 49 years Holy 39 years shit. she died at 99 yeah Damn. but she always used to say to me don't get old don't get old she's like i'm not trying to be funny it's awful. <laughs> and she well, was no say, wonder you're freaked out about it. No, I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't like it, but I'm like, oh, it's going to be miserable. I don't like it. And that's kind of my message to the world. You know, it's sort of like... <laughs> I'm okay with that. I know it's going to get yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like living in Los Angeles. Like, there's going to be a terrible earthquake here one day, but I just try not to think about it every yeah, day so exactly. I can get the shit done that I need to get done. <laughs> you know? I'm going to think about that. 
<laughs> okay. What? Well, there's always there's always something in the world that's horrible. You know, that's... I never get scared when there is one because it takes me so long to realize what's happening. Right. I always, if to anyone who's afraid of earthquakes, it only feels like someone's breaking into your house. For some reason, the door jams rattle, and you go, "Oh no!" And then you're like five seconds later, oh, that was an earthquake. It always happens at 6 a.m. I always am woken up because it sounds like someone's breaking in. And then I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah. I've seen shit fall and shake. But way less worse than someone breaking in too, by the way. Oh, totally much less worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When no one breaks in, there's no like aftershock of like, I'm going to come back. and break. Although they do, say, <laughs> they do say that people break in twice. I'm so going to after burgle you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I, I will let you go to the airport, but I always love catching up with you. A joy. And, uh, and your special is on Netflix now. Yes. It, it, ironically, I'm going to die alone and I feel fine is the title. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine. Uh, just search Jen Kirkman yeah. on Netflix. I wanted to say one quick thing. Please. As we come up on the anniversary of Joan's death, I know you loved her. Yes. So did I. I always reference Oh my you. God, are you serious? Yeah, it's, are it's you... September 5th, but it was August 28th, my birthday, that she officially went. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Cut, I didn't comma. mean to interrupt you. What was no? I always reference your podcast as when people ask me about comedy. I loved listening to her on your show. She came in with a little bit of a roasty vibe. What are you wearing, Jonah? What's this? Kind of like, what is this thing? Why? Well, no career. This audience. Who's listening to this? Is anyone even listening? And then you kind of were like, no, it's kind of a thing now. Podcast. And then she was like, I could hear her wheels turning. And then like within a week. She'd had in bed with Joan and like you helped her hook up with something or something. And I was like, that's what I want to be like when I get older. Yeah. It's like open to things and not just shitting on younger people. Well, especially because like when you start getting in, when you start shitting on things, like that's when you start to get old. And yeah. Joan, it really flipped me out in the most amazing way because after the podcast and she did get it, yeah. it was almost immediately like, I want to, I want to sit down and I want to talk about it. Like I had lunch with her and her daughter and this producer that they worked with. Yeah. And, how to more effectively use social media and where she should be putting her videos and she won't understand YouTube. And then they, I would get a call from her every once in a while and it totally flipped me out because I was like, Oh my God, she's, she's Joan, you know? But yes, in, in the same way that Mel Brooks still writes, you know, it's like, if you're using the machine and you're open to new things and you want to learn and you want to understand, you know, I think you can live a, a vital life until you just drop dead. Yeah. That's kind of what, the dream is <laughs> live until you drop dead yeah live a vital life until you just drop and uh and also you're always really great on at midnight and i hope it's i hope you have fun oh, it was so weird that you just said that because you're the, from at midnight i am on i'm from that show that was like oh yeah thanks and i was just like gonna blow it off I'm like, oh thank you no no no, no no genuinely i love doing it it's like my little um the little girl inside me who wanted to be on a game show in the 70s mm-hmm. it's got that kind of crazy vibe of like that vibe of like watching the goofy lady on Hollywood Squares or something. Like, I just like to come on and be silly. Yeah. It's a it's a good way for me to be silly. And it's brought a lot of audiences to me. Oh, I'm very glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, people go, I love you on At Midnight. I didn't know your comedy. I checked you out. That was one of the things when we were when we were developing the show, you know, I had pointed out Chelsea's show and I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, it that that show actually really did people bring people to come out to see me for a while. Now, the Chelsea's audience wasn't exactly my no. uh, audience. And so sometimes there was a little bit of a, a disconnect, but I but I do yeah. feel like 
we wanted the, we always wanted the show to be like oh come on and be funny and don't burn your material like just yeah, exactly. come on and be fun fuck around and people you know that's what's great about it is because you can be yourself so people get a sense I'd probably like what else that person has to say yeah you know you can tell who someone is by the way they answer the questions but yeah you're not burning material it's perfect I love doing it I'm so glad well come back it's again weird soon. I got a call from my manager saying I can't be on anymore well like, whatever kind of show biz thing you no on it's this. just we're not no, we're not booking any more women on oh, the show yeah oh, got it because yeah. you want to be like uh Every time you put them on, you get accused of being sexist. That would be great. Fine. No more women then. No more. No, that's sexist. Uh, I'll dress up like a woman. No, that's true. I can't. Uh, I don't know. Just tell me where to stand and what to say. Just have it pitch black and you just hear voices. Yeah. You don't know where anyone's standing. And everyone's talking like this, so you can't tell who's who. They're like, I love that guy with the raspy voice. That's me. Hey, everyone. <laughs> but seriously, I want you to please come on as much as you want to come on. I'll be on. there next week. All right. Well, not really. Next time I, I'm on, I'll be there. Have you have you booked another date yet? I think so. I can't okay. remember. Good, good, good. Who can remember? Uh, safe travels. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you soon. Rock on, everybody. Enjoy your burrito. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.